This is episode number 138 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps you become a more powerful speaker and presenter. So this episode is part two of a two-part series, an interview that I did with Tamara Glick. You guys are going to love her. If you didn't catch last week's podcast, go back and listen to that episode because it was fantastic. Um, she is a personal branding consultant. So basically what she does is she helps people look good and sound good. And she gave us some tips on how to look our best and look our most professional, when, especially when we're on those Zoom meetings. By the way, she created a special handout for you. It's about the 15 video call, what she calls spoilers, <laughs> the things that can actually ruin a video call. And uh, you can get that at her website at tamraglick.com slash fearless presentations podcast. So enjoy part two of the interview with Tamara. Hey, okay. So we talked. We said that we we're going to cover uh, some earlier in the in the interview here. We we talked about the things that are kind of around you. So we've talked 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 about what what to wear and that kind of thing. So what about the things around you? How do you make your home office or the corner of your kitchen look look professional? Even if um, you know if we're if it typically doesn't look that way. You know, typically it looks like a kitchen table, right? So right. what kind of things can we do to make it kind of stage it a little bit better? I guess that's probably the best mm. way to describe it. Yeah. Staging is the best way to describe it. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that, that like a set stylist would know. Why would you ever know this? You know, this is all about staging. And so the most important thing that I think you need to consider uh, aside from what space you're taking your call from is less is more in your space, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it is that you are removing clutter, hiding and storing clutter, whatever it is, everything that you see, as we said before, you have 13 inches, everything shows up bigger and more prominently um, right. than it would in real life. So we want to minimize the amount of stuff that you have in the background. Whatever is there ideally will support you and your business goals, your personal brand. Okay. Sure. So, you know, I have, I, I noticed um, you have books and for those of you who are listening and not viewing this, I noticed you've got a few books and, and some flowers that kind of somewhat match your, I guess the, the vibe that you're trying to give off or pink, I guess, or. Yeah. So they, I have peonies in the background. They are one of my favorite flowers and I have some eucalyptus in the background as well. Um, you know, so botany is one of the eight point checklist items that I have on making a perfect work from home space, zoom, perfect work from home space, right? right. You know, we want something else that is living other than you on the screen. Sometimes that comes in the form of a pet or a child and that's okay too. But you know, we want to make sure that there's something that is full of life. Greenery is always soothing. Greenery is something that no matter who you are, even if green is not a part of your personal brand, I've had that question come up. Right. Green is a part of everybody's personal brand because we all reside on planet earth, 
Right. So there's no reason why you shouldn't have, you know, a, a plant or flowers, whatever it is that you like. If you take your calls in the kitchen, then it would be super appropriate to have a bowl of fruit. Right. Makes sense. Right. Or a bouquet. Yeah. So it, it right. can translate differently depending on where you take your calls. These mm. are things that can become personal. So there, there are items that I want you to consider that are not in your background, but in your foreground, like your lighting, your sound quality, your video quality. That's the TV trifecta that I talk a lot about in, uh, in my trainings. And yeah. then there's the stuff that's behind you. What color is the wall behind you? Not right. many of us look great against builder's beige. Right. 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 It's kind of, it's almost like that, that hostage video effect where you're like, I don't know where this person is. I don't know what day it is. Can you hold up a newspaper so I can verify <laughs> that it's today? Right. Um, you know, we want something that is going to support you. In terms of how my office looks, I'm coming to you live from my office, which is my closet office. It's literally a four by six space. So, nice. so I know that anybody can have an office, no matter what configuration their home life is in, you right. can have a home office that works well, looks good on screen and feels comfortable. So, you know, when you look at my website, you would come to expect a certain vibe from the sort of photography that I have there or the kinds of words that I use. Right, when right. you come and visit me in my office, I want that to reflect the same qualities as my personal brand on my website. Nice. Good deal. Hey, okay. So this may not have anything to do with the staging, but for those of you who are, are listening and not seeing this, I kind of noticed that you've set your camera up at an angle. So you see a corner. It's not a flat background. Is that on purpose or is that just because of the space? I'm assuming it's, it's on purpose. It's, a, it's both. It's because of the space <laughs> and therefore it is on purpose. If I were to have it straight on, you would get the, the trim from the door. Ah, and sure. That would cut it off in an even stranger way. So I've, you know, I've, made the room a darker color because I show up better against it. And it's right. all about how you show up against it, right? <laughs> right, you know, right. If you're going to choose bed sheets, a towel, a car, or a wall paint for your office, make right. it be a color that you look really great against. Um, you know, cause you don't want to, you don't want to wash yourself out. There's no reason for that, but right. you know, I painted it a bit darker so that, yeah, you see the corner, but if it were a light room, it would be a very strong demarcation. Usually, you know, if you turn on a light behind you, then you don't even see that demarcation at all. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Great. Um, okay. So I know that, that when, like when I'm doing our YouTube videos. It's a little bit different than the podcast. Um, we'll, the, the podcast, typically what we do is we kind of run it straight through. And a lot of you guys that have been listening to a while, you, you may not be aware that most of the time when whatever you get on the podcast is pretty much what I said. <laughs> we don't cut anything out. So that's why you get the, every once in a while the, the weird sounds and stuff like that. But when we're doing YouTube videos, I think people are... Um, it needs to be a little bit more polished, a little bit more professional and that kind of thing. So are there, are there kind of differences between the type of setups and staging and mm -hmm. visuals and stuff like that on, on videos versus the recorded meetings or, or are they fairly close or similar? I mean, it, whenever it's on video, treat it like video. Right. There's, there's no reason for it to be a lower quality in one instance than it would be another if you're always going to be filmed. Right. If it's audio only, if this podcast were audio only, then I, you know, maybe I wouldn't turn on all of the lights. But that would be because I would know that. 
right. in advance, right? Sure. For me, I, you know, always be prepared. You got to have the Boy Scouts uh, motto with you, right. right? Always be prepared because you don't know if somebody's going to record that meeting or not. Maybe they're going to want to refer to it later. Every time they encounter your brand, they encounter your brand. So make that memory something to last, something that they would want to return to and think, you know, that I really, I feel like I know them. I feel like I like them because I can see them really clearly. They sound really clear. They're not hiding anything, you know, and I feel because of those reasons that I can trust that person. Right. And that's really what we're going for, right? We're, we're trying to figure out right now how to build the no like trust factor on screen that we're so much more accustomed to building in person. person. Sure, of course. Yeah, totally, totally makes sense. Um, okay, so with that being said, I, I, one of the things I absolutely loved when, when we first met was your website. Your website is so cool. It's so fun. If I, I think I forwarded that to maybe a dozen people the first time oh, you, you, you. kind of said it to me. It's really funny uh, because they, you've got, you've got the, the images tell a story the layout is fantastic there's humor involved the contact us page if you haven't been to tamara it's tamaraglick.com correct and and it's uh and if you haven't actually taken a look at that yet make sure and, and get a chance to do that once you kind of stop listening to the podcast and if you're driving wait till you stop driving to look at it but <laughs> please yes really really fun but if um but it let's just say that i'm not an expert on putting all that stuff together Together, which I'm not right. So how do I how do I go from something that's kind of a generic, kind of nice setup to something that has more of a wow effect? When people read it, when people look at it, they go, they start forwarding it to their friends so that other folks kind of see it. Um, any any suggestions that you can give us on that? Well, listen, I, I mean, I think that we all have our different areas of expertise. When you are learning to become a fearless presenter, you hire coaches to help you get over your fears and become a fearless presenter. Right. The same thing is true when you're trying to master a brand new skill set that none of us have really learned in school or in our training, professional training, or, you know, over the courses of a career, you look to experts to help you. I kind of put it in this way. You know Edna Mode from The Incredibles? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. So there is a reason why Edna I, I didn't Mode know Edna's last name, but now I do oh. know. Okay, there you go. Oh, Edna <laughs> Mode. She was important to the League of Supers for a very specific reason. Every superhero in the League of Supers had their own set of powers. They needed to learn how to master them, how to identify them, then how to master them, then go out into the world and help the world, right? Just like all of us do. But they couldn't do all of those things and figure out how to create a super suit that will allow them to perform their, to their best way possible. That was what Edna did for them. Right. She understood like, okay, Elastigirl has these powers right? Mr. Incredible has these powers. Violet has these powers. Jack-Jack has all the powers. <laughs> so she developed suits that inherently understood the deep essence of each of those supers sure. and created a suit that allowed them to perform. So to me, the same thing is true when you're trying to master these skill sets. You look to somebody who has the expertise who can help you develop your essence in a visual sense so that you can focus on the message that you're bringing to the world and to your audience, right? right? So to me, it's this really is a time where coaching is important. 
um, and identifying that like we we may not know all of the answers because we never had to know these things before. There's right. a learning curve. Hey, so, so, well, okay. So I know that we, we, we have a ton of people that listen to the podcast and watch YouTube videos for, that we make that are entrepreneurs. I mean, it's, it's huge, huge because people want to know how to communicate more effectively and how to be more poised. A lot of our, our listeners and a lot of our viewers tend to be folks who are in corporate America. They, they have, they have a, a, an expertise and maybe they're just not as good at public speaking is what they want to be. And so they'll listen to the, the podcast and stuff like that. So in a, in a corporate sense, like if somebody is in, is, you know, working for a big, you know, big corporate America kind of thing, are they, is, is the personal brand thing that you're talking about as vital to, for, for them? I mean, I know the answer, but I'm assuming that, because a lot of times folks will kind of say, no, no, I mean, I work for a big company, so I don't have to have my own personal brand. This is like my company's brand. I'm, I'm, cre I'm creating that perception that the, the company is trying to present. So what's the difference between the, the corporate brand uh, that, of the company that I work for and my own personal brand? And how do, I, how do I use my personal brand to help my own personal success within that organization? Mm-hmm. I or is it different? It may not be different. I, I just assume it's different, right? So. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the only difference is how married you are to your company's brand. If it is your company, it's inextricable, right? right. And if you are the face of your company, it's inextricable. Right. If you are a corporate employee, it is extricable. <laughs> right. Um, you may not work for the same company for the entirety of your career. And even if you did, you would not probably be in the same function for the entirety of your career. Right. You bring you to your job function. And that is why people love to work with you. It is why people hire you. You know, I'll go back to those MBA days again and say, you know, I was in a branding class where the question arose, why would a company purchase you instead of your competition? Right. Not necessarily because you have a certain degree or you've taken certain courses, or even if you have certain experience, the reason why someone would choose you instead of your competition is because of how you do what you do, the way that you bring yourself to the table, the sure. way that you execute. Right. And so that is the essence of your personal brand in a way when you're working for a company. And so that's why I think, you know, it, it would be, it would be a mistake to imagine that your personal brand lacks importance when you are a corporate employee. Um, your corporation, yes, it, it will support you, that brand recognition. It will support you when you're going into meetings or particularly if you're in sales, you know, when right. you're trying to, or in your recruiting, like those functions in particular. However, people want to work with people. And no matter where you are in your organization, that will always be true. And even if you switch right. organizations, you, you will switch more easily because your reputation precedes you. I, and your I, reputation and your personal brand, those are the same. Absolutely. I mean, I to totally agree with everything you're saying. And in fact, I, I think it's, it may even be more important than even what you're kind of bringing up there. In the past, prior to COVID and shutdowns and all that kind of stuff, 
folks would come to the fearless presentations classes and get coaching sometimes because, Hey, I want that promotion. You know, there's this big promotion that I really, really want, but I look at the person who's in that position right now. And that person is more poised. That person is more confident. That person seems to have uh, is, is really good at communicating and persuading people. And so I, I want that. I want, I want to be able to, to do that. And so they were, they were coming to us to strengthen that skill set that they didn't think they were as good at as what they, what they could be. Right. With what's going on right now in the world, the, and we used to tell people, by the way, in public speaking, still do, is that the bar is set pretty low. Most people stink at public speaking. So you don't have to be a fantastic, phenomenal speaker. You just got to be a little bit better than the last person that got up to speak. With, with what we're seeing now on the Zoom calls and the, 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 the virtual meetings that are going on, like I said, most of them are not very good. You don't have to be phenomenal. You don't have to create a phenomenal appearance. You just have to be a little bit more professional. You just have to be a little bit better than, than the folks that are out there. And so I think that the, the stuff that you're talking about as far as the personal brand seems to go right along with, hey, if you want to get ahead, this is a, an optimal time to put yourself in front of the crowd very quickly, very easily, make a few changes, set things up a little differently in your home office, change the lighting a little bit, change the way that you, the things that you're saying and how you're saying, and boom, now all of a sudden you're the person that gets that next promotion, that kind of thing. I, I, at least that's what I'm seeing anyway. I, I'm seeing this is just a tremendous opportunity for a lot of folks that are out there anyway. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think that, you know, again, as we said in the beginning, regardless of how people go back to work, it's never going to be the same as it was before. This is the skill set to develop right now because it's totally within your control. So if, if going back to the Ed, Edna metaphor, if, Edna um, if, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm, if I'm in, if I'm going to, to speak to Edna for the first time and I'm like, ah, and you know, maybe it's the Jack Jack moment, right? Where she says, well, what superpower does he have? Well, we don't really know yet. He's a baby. Right. And ah, okay, we'll just make it for everything. Right. If, if we don't really know what our superhero self is, what is it? What are we trying to get across? How do we, how do we determine that? You know, have any tips on how to help people kind of think through, hey, identify what you're really good at and then brand yourself around that. Uh, I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what we typically do when we're coaching people in our leadership training and stuff like that is, hey, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Find out what you're really, really good at and then make that stronger, right? And I'm assuming you're doing the same thing in the personal brands, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, so, so much of, how our society works is that it focuses on the places where you're weak and it tries for you to bolster those places and make them strengths. Right. When you are already come equipped with strengths already. <laughs> right. How, how strange is it that we right. would want to focus on the things that aren't strengths um, instead of the ones that are already present and home right. the ones that are already present. And I, Absolutely. I you know, this is the essence. This is who we are. It's what I call like the nugget. And, and it is up to us to explore what that nugget really is and, and to utilize that the best way that we can to help other people. That's why we're all here. That's why I think we're all here anyway. I mean, that's the, the question that rocks the ages. Um, but I think that, you know, this is the journey that we're all on in our, in our lives, professional and pers personal, um, learning how to uncover that 
takes time and patience. In the meantime, there are things that you can do so that no matter what you're talking about on screen, it will come across more clearly, more confidently, um, more self-assuredly than it would otherwise. And I find that once you take care of those kind of generic things, make those no-brainers, then you can focus on what am I really here to talk about? Right. Hey, okay. So um, I don't want to, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm assuming that you're, you're, and don't, please don't name any of your, anybody that fits the bill here, but let's say for instance, that you're working with somebody that's not really a a visual person per se. And I've had that happen in the past where, you know, I've hired a website person and um, the, the, the person kind of works on one of my web pages and I look and there's like a big, huge white space. That's like, huge it's taken up like a quarter of the i'm like uh why is that white space there and they're like what do you mean what white space? you know it's like it's obvious i mean there's like there's no flow the flow has now been broken in that thing right and for some reason there are certain people that just don't don't kind of see that so if you're working with somebody is it is it tougher if um if somebody is not really good at um you know, seeing things from a, a real visual perspective, maybe they're an auditory person or a, or a kinesthetic person um, to create that type of, of appearance, especially on the Zoom meetings and that kind of thing. Do you have, have any challenges with that? Ever had any, had any challenge, challenges where you're like, oh my God, that just didn't work. That This person just is not getting it or this just isn't going the way that I want it to. I mean, it, of course it happens. Everybody who has a vision. This is, this is really, it's, a, it's about communication. It's about effective and clear communication because, you know, I can say one thing and three people will interpret it in three different ways that make right. sense to them, right? When I work with clients, it's very much a, an, a more intimate experience, whether it is a group on one or it is one on one. It really is about understanding the individual how they see things, what their challenges are, and how I can explore those places and create clarity in them. So, you know, when a person is not visual, it's usually a time when they're, they're looking for somebody like me. Um, And most people do have an idea of what they're going for. They just don't know how to articulate it because they either, they don't have the experience they don't really have the interest necessarily. They know it's important, but right. they're not That's as kind of the interested. I mean, I, I'm not really interested in the fabrics, the styles. I just want to get up and speak. I don't really care what I'm, what I'm wearing. And yeah. kind of it, doesn't, it doesn't make any difference to me. I, I know it makes a difference to the folks that are watching me or listening to me. Well, watching me, I guess, really. But so, And that's yeah. about as much as you need to know. What you need to know is... It's not important to me. I know it's important to the people who are in the audience or who watch me or whatever. And therefore, I need assistance on making sure that it's a no brainer. And that's how I work with my clients. You know, we go through a very specific process from discovering, you know, there's a brand discovery session, figuring out who you are, how your physicality works, how your essence works, because this is very energetic. It's not just physical. Um, You know, how does color, how does line, how do fabrics work on you? You may not be all that interested in that stuff because you haven't been exposed to it to the level of detail that I have been, Right. you know, but when we think about it, there's been no day in anyone's life from the moment they were born that they weren't wrapped in fabric, right. born 
you cry, you get cleaned off, you're wrapped in fabric. So to imagine that it isn't important is just erroneous. Right. It's important. We have, Throughout history, we have used garments and clothing and fabrications and colors to signify what role a person plays in society. And we have, because of these thousands of years of looking at colors and the way that they impact our mind, we have psychology around different colors. We can utilize those to sure. make the most advantageous choices we can. I think that's super powerful stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Right? And if it's something that you're not confident in, you don't care about, but you know is important, then, you know, then that's when you look to somebody who can help explain it, who can break it down and say, alrighty, well, here's how your skin tone works with color. Here's how your hair color, your eye, all of the colors in your eyes. You can't look at your own eye and see all of the colors, but I can. You know, here's how your hemoglobin works with color. What? I mean, your hemoglobin. Know, like the, the blood in your... Yes! What? I know. Well, okay, so wait, well, you just got us off on a tangent. What in the world does that have to do with fashion? <laughs> what does hemoglobin, hemoglobin have to do with fashion? Tell me that. Okay, you got to at least answer that question before we I, go. I'd happily answer that question. So <laughs> the way that your the color of red in your body, uh, because of the way it comes through your skin tone, which will be different than everybody else's, that is going to look different on the surface than it will from anybody else. So hmm. when I'm looking for the right, you know, a lot of people say wear red, it's a power color, but not everybody's red is the same red. Your red comes from within you. It comes right. from your hemoglobin. So it could be as deep as plum. It could be as bright as cardinal. It could be coral or pink, but they're all red which is really totally fascinating. And that can come into play in terms of these colors help me stand out versus these colors overpower me and you can't even see me, right? They walk mm -hmm. ahead of me on stage or on the screen than I do. They make me look like a floating head on the screen instead of seeing the entirety of my person. Obviously we're going for the, the second one, we want to right. see the entirety of your person. We want whatever you're wearing to support you, not overpower you. Sure, sure. Nice. Good deal. Cool. Well, uh, so I'm assuming that if you happen to be a person like myself, that I, although I do like to think of myself as a visual person, eh, I just don't, eh. it's, it's, I feel like it's kind of a waste of my time to worry about my fabrics. And so actually, I have a teenage daughter that dresses me for the most part anyway <laughs> but if you don't happen to have a teenage daughter that dresses you like what so I'm, I'm assuming that there are folks like yourself that that specialize in helping people kind of do this right yes and, ab and absolutely what's the advantage yeah. what's the advantage that just in a nutshell what's the advantage of having a, um, either a personal stylist or somebody that can help with your with with your branding if if it's important that you get that next promotion if it's important that you present this this brand for your your company or your organization and stuff like that um, how vital is that part of the in the grander scheme uh, in in your I'm going to ask you to pull on your MBA background now so how how part how important is that in the grander scheme of the success of the of your business and your company and growth and and that kind of thing 
Personally, I think it's very important, and I've seen over the past 15 years of doing this how important it is. You know, when you are able to come across as your most competent, your most sophisticated, your most confident, then you can not only um, secure better opportunities, but increase your bottom line, right? Because you have the confidence, you're showing the poise, you're showing your skill set um, in, in not in an aggressive or... Um, or an otherwise subtle, right? It's very subtle, right? It's most subtle sense of, of confidence and of, of being able to portray your true self on the outside so that the right folks pick up on what you're putting down. So the advantage of having a strategic stylist, a personal brand strategist like myself on your team is that, you know, you've got somebody who's helping you with your mindset, keeping your mindset, right? You've got somebody who's looking out for you every day. So you don't have to focus on this. Focus on the other things by all means, please do. Let me focus on the stuff that's going to support you in getting there right? So that you never have to wonder how you're going to get dressed for a meeting or for a presentation. You never need to worry if you have a weekend or a three-day retreat. How are you going to pack for that thing? Am I going to be appropriate? Do I even know what these dress codes stand for? There, you know, there's a reason why right. you have somebody on your team to worry about those things. You know, if, you, if you're working with somebody who's a mindset coach, you go to, to them immediately if something pops up, a little devil pops up and you're like, I don't know how to deal with this. Right. Of course, go to the expert, right? right? If you come across something in your everyday life and you think, I don't even know how to dress for this. I don't know how to handle this. I've never even thought about it. Then you go to the person who is your trusted, trusted expert. And the difference between having a trusted expert who's on your team versus a family member or a best friend or a colleague is that although they all have your best interest at heart, the difference is that there's only one of those people who sees right. you completely objectively, where right. you have no other third role. party. There's no, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. You are not, you know, husband or partner or parent or child or best friend. And therefore you should execute like this, not like that, right? right? Your personal brand strategist will be focused on you and your goals, your essence, your energy, and how to make the absolute most of all of those qualities so that you can perform your best. So you can get what you want out of life. Fantastic. Hey, so I know you, you said you created a, um, a, a, a handout or, or a freebie to kind of give to the folks as a, as kind of a, a help to get started on something like this. So tell us, tell them about that. The, uh, the, the video call spoilers that you kind of created for us. Yes. So going back to what we were talking about before, there are a number of items that you can just check off your list as generic items that will make or break your video call success. I want you to make the success. I don't want you to break it. So I've created this freebie called 15 video call spoilers and how to fix them so that you can go from sabotage to stellar um, and really understand how that TV trifecta works in your favor or how it can erode your personal brand. Awesome. Fantastic. Tamara, thanks so much for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. I, I, just between you and I, I, I know that we only scheduled like 30 minutes and you stayed over. We'll probably make this into, I'll break it up into, into two sessions. This is 
fantastic. Uh, and so I appreciate your time. I know it's really, really valuable. And I know this is stuff that the folks that are listening and, and viewing us on, on our YouTube channel are, gonna, are, are just going to get so much value out of it. So thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations, Tamara. My absolute joy. Thanks for having me. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.